VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that knows the Orioles have won three of the first five games of the Trop this season after winning three of the 21 played in St. Petersburg from 20 to 22. Did you know this, Jordan? I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. And we're speaking oh the truth. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Chris, can we get that edited out? That was that was pretty fucked up what Jake just said there. I don't know, man. That was that was uh, questionable. Uh, good thing, good thing we don't do this live. Good thing this isn't a live podcast recording with our friend Kevin Brown, Jake Mintz, or otherwise we'd be in big, big trouble. That's right, friends. On today's episode, we will be discussing the Kevin Brown kerfuffle, Brown Gate. The scandal that has rocked the broadcasting world in baseball. Oh, it's so funny. We're going to break that down from a bunch of different angles. We're going to crap on the White Sox a little bit more and discuss what Shane McClanahan's boo-boo means for the race season. And then after the break, we're going to pop open the mailbag and answer some of your pressing questions. Yes, yes. This is, uh, you know, it's, it's early Wednesday morning. Uh, Jake and I both have places to be, which is the same place in two days. But most importantly, we wanted to record a sizable mailbag. So that's going to be most of the show. But this Kevin Brown story, Jake. Cannot wait. It cannot wait. <laughs> it cannot wait. And I cannot wait to talk about this. Because as you refer to this as a scandal, a saga, a gate, if you will, that is a great place to begin. Because if you listen to Jake's introduction and you are confused, let's set the stage for one of the silliest things to ever happen in our baseball space. And let me tell you, Jake, because I've seen Larry the Cable Guy tweet about it and a full report on it on CNN. This has gone beyond our scope. This has has taken this podcast, which we once did with this nice young man, Kevin Brown, and taken it and put it in a whole new light. Because Kevin Brown's entire life has been reflected upon by people we never thought possible over these last two days. And it is truly one of both the most embarrassing and disgraceful things I've ever seen and one of the funniest most hilarious and ridiculous stories of all time. Jake Mintz, what happened? Let's run through the facts. On July 23rd, when the Orioles played the Tampa Rays in Tampa Bay at Tropicana Field, a moment that nobody thought Larry the Cable Guy would ever be tweeting about, Kevin Brown, the Orioles broadcaster, opened the telecast with a stat, with a basically a stat head search about... How the Orioles were ass in Tampa Bay for a long period of time and how on that particular afternoon they had a chance to win their first series in the Bay in a long, long time. Which they did. They won the game Ooh. five to three. And that's three. the story. That's it. That's the end, right? The end. So <laughs> no. now again, uh, key detail. He talked about that. 
there was a graphic prepared with all the details of how ass the Orioles have been at the Trop. Which, by the way, first of all, I didn't even know about this. This is great. Now we all know how ass they were. This is I thought it was just the Mariners in Houston over that stretch where they went like two and twenty nine or some crazy number. So they are terrible. And the and the and the so boom, we have the numbers. There's a you know a cheeky line at the top which you see on any graphic that says tropical depression. Okay, killed it, killed it, crushed next, it. The next series, O's are in Philly. Jake Mintz is in Philly. Oh, Jake Mintz sees that our friend Kevin Brown is doing the radio broadcast, oh. and I said, Kevin, what are you doing on the radio broadcast? I mean, I get it. There's nothing wrong with radio, but you're usually you on used TV. to do radio all the time. Yeah, and he said, well. We wanted to get some reps in for the postseason just in case. And now I don't know if Kevin was bullshitting me at the time or if that remains true, but maybe we'll figure that out down the road at some point. Or if they were bullshitting Kevin. They were bullshitting Kevin. That is a great point. Also possible. Anyway, here's the great uh, thing to already say before we get into what has happened the last couple days. That was two weeks ago. And not until Monday afternoon did people really start is when the reports come out and say, like, hey, what Kevin Brown, like he's been on TV, like he's the TV broadcaster. Like, where's he been? Been on radio, been off a few games, what's going on? Reports come out from a variety of places. First, I believe awful announcing, but there's there's whispers of this on Orioles Twitter. Essentially, like the minute our podcast drops on Monday. <laughs> um yes. Anyway, that the that Kevin Brown has been suspended in some form from his post talking about the Orioles on TV every night because of this situation, which painted the Orioles in a negative light by presenting facts about the Orioles and how they used to play in a negative light. Jake, what happens next is, again, so funny because the, the basic thing, which is him getting sped over this, is obviously absurd, right? That's fine. But I want to talk about, like, well, we don't really have to explain that, right? Although I think we do because what I, the text I started getting from people in baseball, out of baseball, friends I haven't heard from, you know, you know that's when, uh, <laughs> you know that's when this story really is taken off. You mention this all the time when you hear from people you don't normally hear from. Sending me the clip and saying, did I miss something? Yeah. Am I watching the correct clip? I got multiple texts. From people saying, is this actually what happened? Stupefied that this could possibly be this. And to that I responded, yes, somehow. That is the only clip. And all you need to know, or or really the lesson is, never underestimate. This could be expanded to a lot of parts of baseball and baseball ownership. Never underestimate baseball owners and particularly rich people's uh, level of sensitivity over things that you cannot even fathom. Correct. Uh, I saw the clip and was waiting for a slur. <laughs> I was waiting for an Arthur Bryan's barbecue moment. How did we were. miss this? It's like this happened two weeks ago. Because here's the other unfortunate part. We have had many incidents of broadcasters saying heinous things on and off the right. air over the last five years. That has happened. And what happens is they say something and they the story goes up on awful announcing and there's the screen cap of the broadcaster. And it's like, oh, God, I am not looking forward to watching this. And I that's what I thought was happening with Kevin. Like, there was a moment where you think you know a guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I thought it was like Kevin Brown 
said something heinous. And then, like, as the facts continue to trickle out, I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to reevaluate my opinion of someone I like. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute. This is crazy. Then what is so funny, and I know you sent out a tweet like this, too, which I don't blame you. But the most absurd part of this situation is that what followed, not that I don't want to give Kevin Brown all the love in the world all the time, was defending of Kevin Brown's character, which was not required. Like, this was... Two straight days of people telling the stories about how Kevin is a nice guy, which at no point was ever not the case. So <laughs> like, this dawned was- on me this morning. I went to go get a cup of coffee this morning. I was walking back and I was looking at The Athletic. And, you know, like on The Athletic MLB page, there are different like story topics as you scroll down. It'll be trade deadline or White Sox falling apart. The one about Kevin Brown said speaking the truth. And I thought for a second. And I realized that Kevin did not do shit. That's my favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> Kevin Brown, as much as we love him, and he'll be the first to tell you this, did not stick his neck out on the line for some enormous cause. He did not take a stand against totalitarianism or heinous behavior in the sport of baseball. He did not mention any of the bizarre malfeasance and activities of the Orioles ownership he didn't do shit Kevin Brown didn't do shit he said he was just here's a baseball a statistic nice on a baseball <laughs> yeah. broadcast and everyone said oh, this brave man spoke <laughs> to power it's like no like Kevin is amazing and one of our favorite people and all the things that we're saying about him are obviously right. true and if this is a completely random goofy reason to shower praise on someone that we all love and deserves more attention for what he does anyway that's great i'm obviously not complaining about that but it just but this the, story this story is not about kevin brown but it's the people not. that the, could have been me or you <laughs> or jeff arnold or our parents, it doesn't make a freaking difference. What Kevin did does not distinguish himself no, from no. any of the other 30 broadcasters in no. baseball. And, and that's what brings us to the, to what is the story, which is obviously Orioles ownership. <laughs> now, here's the other part about this that, that just kills me, is that the premise of it is you should not talk about how the Orioles used to suck, even though they're great now, is so hilarious because... There is a world, I could construct a scenario where the Orioles, after tanking hard and losing a billion games over this stretch, were like stuck in the middle and things weren't going well, right? And if I was an owner and I was watching uh, my own broadcast and was reminded that we used to suck for this, a team that isn't that good, I would I would be more frustrated and embarrassed, right? Again, is that grounds for suspension? Obviously not. But... To have to have this happen in a season where everything is going right. The tank worked. You have successfully hired a front office to put your team in position to be extremely good for a long time. You should be proud of the fact that you went through this and it fucking worked. You have Adley freaking Rutschman on your team and a bunch of other awesome first rounders and all these things because you were dog shit, right? That is all true. It worked. And instead, you have found the one way to embarrass a season in which everybody is having an amazing time. That is an incredible I, achievement. I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, like if people who used to suck, who don't suck now, regardless of what it is, tend to be very forthright about the reality of their situation and take pride 
in the development of their person. Mm-hmm. And that is not what Mr. Angelos is doing here. Talking to people around the game yesterday, and the overwhelming sentiment was, Angelos is a human being completely and utterly detached from reality. Mm-hmm. He is an all-time first ballot baseball nepo baby. Mm-hmm. His father, Peter Angelos, who I think is actually still alive, but no longer in a condition where he can make decisions. He was a weirdo. He did a bunch of weird shit. He fired John Miller, Hall of Fame broadcaster John Miller in the 90s because Miller wasn't rah-rah enough. So John Angelos is Peter Angelos, but grew up super rich in the shadow of his weird dad. And so that is how you get a decision like this. People who have a normal perspective on society do not do things like this. They do not do things like this. Yeah. Right. His decision making process is so warped because of his life experiences, because of the person he is, that he ends up making him and his organization look totally foolish. Mm-hmm. And and that is, I think, a kind of lesson we learn over and over and over is the spectrum of owners in the league and the ways in which they impact their franchise is sometimes shocking. And then also you have to remember that when it starts literally at the top, anything is possible in the worst way. And so that is how you end up with a situation like this. Now, in this case, this is still one of the funniest things that's ever happened. And so I'm grateful for this scenario. While it is embarrassing, and by the way, not that I have anything against anyone on the current team, but then the way they lose last night is objectively hilarious because now all the jokes for the rest of the season is if you even sniff towards the Orioles, like... (laughs) Like Jordan, you don't have to. Exp- hey, yeah. you don't have to explain this to me. Last night in my Cedric Mullins Booster Club group chat, I sent O's going to go on a little slide here. I fear the Kevin Brown curse, <laughs> allowing a grand go ahead grand slam in the ninth. Yeah. Felix Bautista. If Kevin Brown is there, the vibes are different, and the but, O's win. So I'm saying, but that's the most extreme version of an embarrassing loss, right? It's one thing where, like. Kevin's going to come back apparently for the weekend series uh, against Seattle coming up here. And he's like, and up steps Anthony Santander. He's over, over, he's over three. Oh, don't say that too loud. He's over three tonight. Don't want to embarrass the the city. Um, Positive vibes only. Positive vibes only for Kevin. Now, fortunately, the Orioles are awesome. And they will not be. Yeah. Even though last night was a disaster of all disasters. That can even happen to the best closers in the world. And the Astros are really good. So that happens. That sucks. But the point is, is this? do I think this will take, take the season off course? If it is a, a, cur- a curse of Kevin Brown, then maybe. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but it is truly one of the silliest things I've ever seen in my life. We can't stop laughing about it. And, and it helps that we know this dude really well. You know, like he was yeah. on our podcast at the beginning and, of the year. And, and to be clear. I was yeah. texting with someone recently like, how many of the people chanting free Kevin Brown at the stadium could pick him out of a lineup? And the person I was texting said, I talked to Kevin twice a week and I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup. Well, that's the other thing is this has obviously raised his profile immensely, right? Which is great because he deserves that. And that's, that, that is obviously a backwards uh, outcome, which we certainly adore. But It's just very uh, bizarre. It, it's, this is like when the person from your small town you went to high school with like, gets on American Idol. And everyone in America is talking about them. It's like Whoa. Kevin was on our podcast 
a week and a half ago, he was asking me yeah. for uh, a word that he could sneak onto the radio broadcast in the fourth inning. And now he's like a CNN news story. Jake, our, our podcast, he was on the Backyard Baseball Power Hour. I mean, this guy I know. is, a, is a, OG. a BBQ head through and through. <laughs> but we love Kevin. And, and let's also think, we shouldn't laugh about the fact that Kevin hasn't been on TV for the Like, this is bullshit, obviously, right? But like, we're no, hopefully assuming that he will return. Uh, and we will be back and, and grace the, the television broadcast once again in his Orioles attire. Don't you? Yep. Got to wear the polo, better. motherfucker. La- last question, Jake. Uh, you know, there's some reporting about the other things that they can't say. How is he supposed to talk about former Orioles legend Felix Hernandez during his during his Hall of Fame weekend uh, this weekend in Seattle? How's he going to do that? It's a former Oriole. Felix was never an Oriole officially. Yeah. So, yeah. thankfully, sorry, no offense. Uh, anyway, Jake, before we get to our mailbag. There's one other topic that we need to at least address. We spent many time, uh, much time on Monday, of course, talking about Tim Anderson versus Jose Ramirez. What followed was about a lot more than Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. It was basically, oh, have you heard? Do you have anything shitty to say about the White Sox? Come on down. Speak <laughs> <Beat> your piece. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's what you get. Again, going back to ownership, same theme of this here episode. Uh, when it's uh, kind of a mess at the top, then really anything is possible and things can go very wrong at every level of the organization. The floodgates opened, baby. And anybody with anything resembling a gripe towards anyone on the White Sox felt comfortable enough to step into the light and speak their truth like Kevin Brown. We got, you know, there was originally the Keenan Middleton story. Then you had Lance Lynn confirming the Keenan Middleton story, which I would love to say, I think the Lance Lynn quote, I was there a lot longer than Key. He didn't say anything wrong. It's like, okay, true. Lance Lynn, I'm not putting all this on you, but if you were there longer than Keenan, shouldn't you have like fixed some shit? That's all I'm saying. No, I know. I know know Lance Lynn can't walk over to Eloy and be like, hey man, like let's, you know, let's get that work at the, like I know it doesn't work like that, but I'm just saying, just saying, Lance Lynn, I, you were there, man. You get to make the culture. Right. To some degree. But again, like I said, like this has been a broken situation for a while. Obviously, when you're losing, everything sucks anyway. And this has been a lot of embarrassing losing with expectations of not losing. So that certainly contributes to it. But yeah, it's, it's just embarrassing. And let's just be honest. I mean, we've been hearing stuff about this for, for a long time. Uh, and that both... <laughs> so the, I think the wildest part is it both predated Tony La Russa Continued through Tony La Russa, continued after Tony La Russa. And that's, I think that's kind of all you need to know, right? I think that's kind of, oh. that is the lesson here is that there's a lot of things that are not right. And so Rick Hahn can come out and say, oh, we've been working on this. We take this seriously, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you have been the constant. You have been one of the constants and that is a problem. So um, I don't know how that gets fixed. It sucks. Of course, the White Sox, uh, I mean, obviously their season's lost anyway, I hope for Tim's sake that it can get fixed in some form, but I don't know what the fix is really. So I was recently, like within the last month, chopping it up with a free agent to be uh, at one of the New York baseball stadiums. And we were going through the standings and this player was kind of giving his vague thoughts about signing with any of the 30 teams. So he would kind of flip through the teams and he would say, oh, well, they won't spend. 
they don't spend on my position. They want to do it. Oh, I don't want to go there. They're not. I don't want to live there. And then he gets to the White Sox. He goes, absolutely fucking not. Like, I, he just goes, that's a disaster. No chance. And that was before all this stuff, like, bubbled out. He's just right, like, that's, that's a thing. disaster. That's the thing. People around the game know. And they have a reputation. And this has been the case for a long time. Yeah. Players who have been gone there for multiple seasons are very relieved that they have escaped. Yep. And it is just not a good vibe. This is not a shock to anybody who follows the White Sox or pays attention to the White Sox. It is a catastrophe. It done been a catastrophe. It will continue to be a catastrophe until there is a change in leadership. Jerry Reinsdorf, uh, we talk about owners being detached from reality. Yeah. And that is another great example of that. Now, just quickly yep. on the Tim Anderson, Yasmani Grandal slap. Did that happen? I don't know. Does it matter? Not really. And here's why. When people, when stories come out that are half true about people, they tend to come out for a reason because the people involved in the story, their behavior, true or not, matches a pattern of actual behavior. There is no story coming out here about Omar Narvaez slapping someone in a hot tub. Or, you know, Chase Headley mm -hmm. pooping in someone's shoe. Mm -hmm. Like, the people who do weird and questionable things and are bad vibes in the clubhouse are the ones where stories tend to come out about them. And so, when they ask Yasmani Grandal, did you slap Tim Anderson in the hot tub? To be clear, he did not flat out deny it. He did not. He danced around it. And if you watch the clip, it's unbelievable. He's like, oh, people just, you know, I know you're trying to do your job. So people just make... Just put stories out there. It's like, well, did you do it? <laughs> um, it's clear that Yosemite Grandal has developed enough of a reputation where him slapping someone in a hot tub is not exactly hard to imagine. Yeah. Well, and again, it's just the context. Like, this was just a week where it was like, oh, so we're all finally saying these things. All right. Sure. Screw it. Like, let it let eat. Let it eat. Let's just, let's just go. So, uh, it's you know, one time, Jordan, in yeah. the third grade. Yeah. Michael Kopech <laughs> took my Lunchables. Whoa, whoa, not the Lunchables. Do you take your Dunkaroos too? That'd be really Took my awful. Dunkaroos. I saw, this is about three weeks ago, okay? I saw Andrew Benintendi park in a handicapped parking spot with his blinkers whoa. on to go in and pick up coffee. Can you believe that? And then he, he, he also, he actually went and like sat down. Yeah. He, wasn't even like, a, oh, I'll try, I'll be right back. He's like, no, I'm just going to park here. Unbelievable. Can you believe these White Sox players are just a disgraceful behavior? Disgraceful. So I was talking to a couple of people around the game, and they told me that Zach Remyard once farted on a plane. Oh, are you kidding? And no. Then, uh, yeah, yes, next, I'm kidding. Next year, <laughs> next you're going to tell me that Sebi Zavala, you know, microwaved fish at work. I mean, this is just... No. Yo, you don't need to talk. I'm the wrong guy to talk to you about that. You know I'm pro fish at work. Oh, wait, sorry. Jake, Jake Mintz, uh, microwave fish at work. Uh, I'm a microwave <laughs> fish at work king. All right? Look, uh, I'll, hey, they microwave and now you don't work in an place. office anymore. They, Look what happened. They microwave fish at Pike Place, and that's someone's work, and everyone loves it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, one more bit of news before we send it to the mailbag. Shane McClanahan is injured. Now, Jake, every pitching injury generally is going to bum me out, duh, right? bum you out you're pitching, I, you're, I have you an opposite injury. I have an opposite reaction to pitcher injuries okay well let me make my point and then you can say why pitcher injuries make you happy um <laughs> not what I said 
Oh, you said opposite. Uh, my pitcher, the, the, like, admittedly, every pitcher injury is a bummer. You wish you don't want anybody to get hurt. However, if we're making a spectrum of pitcher injuries that bum me out, this is pretty far in the direction of ruining my day. And that is Shane McClanahan being out. Um, now, he's had... Remember last season when he had, like, the at the end of last year when he was throwing a bullpen and then he got scratched right before the game and everyone was like, well, that's it for Shane McClanahan. We'll see you. Like, we've had versions of this already with him. So, I guess we know there's clearly been some issues recently. Uh, At the same time, when you consider what he's become, what he's become for the Rays and how important he is for them to have really any chance in a deep postseason run. Uh, This sucks because now they're going to be like, hey, Zach Littell, can you give us five? And that's not quite uh, what I'm excited to uh, to watch. Can you give us three? Zach, I'm mean, just saying that because Zach Littell's given them five somehow the last two right. weeks twice. So. <laughs> so the last thing I'll say, when it comes to pitcher injuries, I'm numb to it. Yeah. And maybe that's a bummer. But throwing a baseball that hard sure. is not something the human body is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so when the human body taps out and says, yeah, I'm going to need some time, mm-hmm. it's just to me part of the wear and tear the ebb and flow of the world of baseball. And while I am incredibly bummed for Shane McClanahan, who Jordan got to say one of two professional baseball players to wish me congratulations on getting engaged over text. Okay. What happened to him? Unbelievable. And look what happened to him. And the other one is Vinny Pasquantino. Okay. So if you're, that's what I'm saying. Like you send me (laughs) congrats on the engagement. IL only baby. Let's Um, go. Anyway, uh, that's pretty screwed up. Uh, thank you uh, for indulging me in some baseball chatter. We're going to take a Jacob, break. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom did not <laughs> wish me congrats. Josh Donaldson also did not. Uh, We're going to take a quick He's break. He's healthy, by the way. <laughs> I know. 60 days, 60 days. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to answer a bunch of your questions. Really fun conversation. Just for the record, we pre-recorded this on Monday. So if anything sounds weird... Uh, it's because it was from two days ago. But we hope you enjoy this, and we'll be right back at the end to wrap up this episode of Baseball Barbecast. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a SiriusXM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world, and I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mitz, Jordan Schusterman. You hear that noise, Jordan? That's me opening up a can of mailbag. Mm. Right? Is it is it carbonated? Yeah, all okay. mail is carbonated. It's fizzy. Fantastic. Love to hear that. Uh, we've been getting some fantastic emails, which you can send to baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast at gmail.com, as well as some DMs. And so we decided to spend some time on this here Wednesday, answering some of these questions, a lot of these questions, probably the most mailbag questions we answer in one show. And I know you love excited to, I know you love Harry Potter, Jordan. It's like the scene in the first Harry Potter movie where the mail's just coming down the chimney. Oh, yeah, I do. That's okay. There you go. If you keep it to the first movie, I actually uh, do know what you're talking about. No post on Wednesdays. 
no, certainly not. Uh, all right, so we have a ton. This is we're going to cover a lot of stuff here. Uh, which one would you like to begin with? I would like to begin with a question about food and drink. This is from David. David says, "Hello, Barbacast. Hello, David." As a Mariners fan in Iowa, I'm personally thrilled with the new scheduling system. That means the M's will be coming to all the Midwest NL teams more frequently. I've decided I want to see them play at every Midwest stadium. That is the Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, Royals, Cardinals, Twins, and Tigers. My question for you is, what is the perfect food drink combo to get at every stadium to rank them by? From well, another Big Dumper appreciator. I know my answer, but Jordan, I will start with you. Well, my first question, as a Mariners fan in Indiana, um, close to Ohio, would does Cincinnati not count? I mean, if you're in Iowa, Cincinnati is probably just as close to you as Detroit. Uh, and the Mariners are coming here in September, which I haven't thought about because I'm getting married in a week and I haven't thought anything past that. But that is happening, and it is true. I do love the new schedule. All teams go everywhere. Okay, so what is perfect food drink combo? Jake, We this is interesting because we as... Media have attended so many games together now where we get media dining or we get whatever. But like we used to go to games as, as closer to fans all the time, right? And we haven't do, done that as much anymore. So let's think about it in that context. Let's think about it. We are not, there is no access to the Yankees, you know, media dining. That doesn't count, yeah. right? So what is what is the basic thing? I think you, you know, my answer is is pretty, pretty simple. And that is, is just a hot dog and a Dr. Pepper. I mean, that's, I mean, the, no, no free ads, but also Dr. Pepper is, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the beginning and end of any conversation of what I'm having. But as we've learned at many minor league ballparks, you're not always so fortunate to have such a beverage at every ballpark. Not every ballpark has it. But if it, if I have my choice, that is my answer. You know I like to have a hot dog at basically every game I attend, even as media. And so that's my answer. For me, it's French fries and tap water. Tap water. Tap water, tap water. because it doesn't cost $12. Tap water is not only free, but it is a great way to differentiate stadiums. How crisp is the tap water in your bathroom? <laughs> right? How pure is it? There Am are I water tasting? fountains. You don't That's have to That's not be... what I'm talking about. Not the water fountain. How crisp is your pure drinking water? Oh, interesting. So you're bringing the water bottle into the stadium yes. bathroom. Correct. That is exactly what I'm doing. Tap water and then french fries, the crispness of a French fry in different stadiums really is a, is a, is a differentiator for me as well. So French fries and tap water, that is the secret to a healthy diet. Let's stay on the stadium tilt, Jordan. This is from yeah. Tyler. Hey, guys, big fan, longtime supporter. I love the word supporter, actually, in this context. Like, get in, Jake and Jordan, get in. You always make my drive to work and home more enjoyable. Was wondering, what is both of your stadium counts for how many you've been to do you have a favorite or a top three? What is one you're hoping to get to? Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing, Tyler. Great question. We obviously get this question all the time. Uh, Jake, our ballpark uh, checklist is very similar, but not identical. Correct. And if we're just focusing on active ballparks, I am- Active, up, not retired ballparks. Not, not the ballparks active who hung ballparks, them up. I have been to 24 of the 30. Uh, okay. And I believe your number is either one more, one less than that. But what is your number? I'm counting right now. I'll just quickly go through it. Let's just go through it, Jordan. We've both been to Camden Yards. Neither yeah. of us have been to the Trop in Tampa. Correct. You have been to Toronto. I have not. Correct. We have both been to Yankees and Red Sox. Yes. 
Neither of us have been to Minnesota. Correct. We have both been to Cleveland. We have both been to Detroit. We have both been to the White Sox. Only I have been to the Royals. Mm-hmm. So I think the Blue Jays-Royals swap is... Correct. E- evens out. Yeah. Correct. So I believe we're both at seven. Mm-hmm. I have been... We've both been to Mariners, Astros, mm-hmm. Angels, A's. Neither of us have been to New Texas. Yep. So that is four plus seven is 11. Neither of Oh, we've both been to New Braves. We've both been to Philly. We've both been to Miami. We've both been to the Mets. We've both been to the Nats. We're like Brad Hand. Yes. We've both been... That's hilarious. We've both been to the Cubs, Reds, Pirates, Cardinals. I have been to Milwaukee and you have not. Mm. Okay, I think that is where you take the lead. Correct. Because, because the rest of them, we have identical. been to Dodgers, Giants, Rockies, and Padres together, and neither of us have been to Arizona, which Correct. puts you at 25 Woo. and me at 24. So of the six you're missing, what do you? what's like number one? I think Minnesota, honestly, yeah. um, pretty comfortably. I mean, I, I kind of feel like the trop from- It's the, the trop, yeah. Yeah, I think the trop just because it's like, you got to see the trop, right? And also, there's at least some looming threat that it won't be a baseball stadium and stuff. I doubt it. I mean, it's not like Oakland. Like, they still have the stadium lease, whatever. But I do feel like I need to get there just in case some super rich guy just, like, buys the Rays and t- blows it up tomorrow. So that feels most pressing. And then Minnesota would be the second one after that. Arizona and Texas, well, I'll see them before I die, whatever. Like, I'm not rushing to get there. Texas, especially. Uh, favorite? for me is probably either Camden Yards, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. San Diego, or the Coliseum. Mm. Not Definitely not the Coliseum. Uh, for me, it'd be uh, some combination of Seattle, Pittsburgh, Colorado, San Diego, um, and San Francisco, probably. Uh, our next question is from Aaron with an E. Aaron with an E. Hi, Barbacasters. We all know the Marlins are rapidly dropping off. Oh, that is very true. But that's not to say they still aren't light years ahead of where they were predicted to be in 2023. I slightly disagree with that statement, but we can get back to it. That being said, I think it's a travesty that the woman in charge of bringing this organization back to life is getting little to no praise for her work. Call it small market bias or call it good old fashioned misogyny. That's my favorite type of misogyny. I prefer the old stuff. It age, you know, it ages well. It's like wine. <laughs> it's Kim- misogyny inherently old-fashioned. <laughs> that is a great point. Kim Ng deserves exponentially more attention than she's getting, and I believe you two are the right people for the job. Thank you. I, would, I appreciate that. She's completely turning the team around despite seemingly incompetent ownership, and I believe her success will be monumental for the success of all women in the sport. Huge fan of everything you guys do, Aaron. Aaron, a lot to unpack here. Great yeah. question. Great point. Where do you want to begin? Well, the first thing is just to be fair to Aaron, she sent this email like a week and a half ago before the Marlins continued to spiral and also before they made some fascinating trades at the deadline, many of which we wholeheartedly supported and and loved the the ambition. Of course, you know, Jake Berger and Josh yeah. Bell and whatnot. I'm gonna say some facts. Ready? This is and none of these are particularly uh earth shattering. There is a lot of misogyny, not only in the world, Jordan, but in baseball. Not sure if you know about that. Pretty crazy. Perhaps a higher percentage even? Pretty nuts. Yeah, I would say so. Um, At the same time, it is very difficult to truly know how much credit or blame any given general manager or top baseball executive deserves for the success or failure 
of their respective team. And Kimming is part of that conversation. Does Kimming deserve credit for how good the Marlins are at pitching development and deserve some scoring for how bad they are at hitting development? Maybe. I'm not sure. But one thing that is for certain is that I think we hear more critiques of Kim Ng, like a disproportionate amount compared to the success of the Marlins. What Jordan, Kim Ng is old school. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Just, just because she's a woman, everybody, doesn't mean that she's 100%. Like, Kim Ng is an old school baseball thinker, which is not inherently a bad thing. But I do think it is an important piece of, like, breaking down her tenure. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also what's been fascinating about kind of, you know, observing how she's gone about the moves that she's made and kind of what she's prioritized. And 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 to be completely frank, like, conversations that we've had with people who we respect and trust within and around baseball, kind of analyzing how she has chosen to help build the the Marlins back to where they are now is that she is, and this is part of her story, which is so fascinating. She's been in the game for a really long time. And that was of course, part of why it was such a big deal for her to finally get the job when she was indeed far more qualified than so many men who have been getting jobs in recent years. That is a fact. And that is why it was ridiculous that it took so long. At the same time, part of her being around the game for a really long time and being in the game for a long time is gives her some of the flaws that gives a lot of the other old school GMs in baseball that are in some cases falling behind. And so that's what's also interesting is that you could see some of the more old school moves that she's made kind of pursuing certain kinds of players that you would say maybe would not actually work right. out. And high that con- has- Like just as a specific example. Yeah. High contact players. Sure. Right. Sure. Batting average. But, things. Well, that's one thing, but also, you know, We've seen her do both in the past few yeah. off seasons, going after Soler and, and Garcia and whatnot, right? So we've kind of seen both things, but I guess bigger picture, not just the acquisitions, just like that is something to keep in mind is that she is more from the old school scout, et cetera, which has, I think, done her well. Right. And also in some cases, put her in some difficult situations. Now, I will say what I totally agree with Aaron with is that she was not getting any credit for the for and probably still deserves to this point to where the Marlins are, which is in position to make a postseason spot. That is still Correct. true, which right. is remarkable. And there are inherent disadvantages of this team, which is ownership's lack of oh yeah, prioritization and investment and whatever. And like the fact that they don't draw as well as a lot of the other teams. And so there's less money for them to work with. Like she's made mistakes and she's crushed some stuff. Like the Arise trade is a huge freaking win. The obvious Isle Garcia signing is a huge freaking loss. Yeah. That so being Lair's said- a win. Like, Solaire's Solaire's win, has been awesome. Right? Yeah. Now, I I totally agree that when they were trending up with a green arrow, she was not getting praise. And if you look online, shocking, you'll see her receiving scorn now that they're scuffling, especially around trade deadline season when some of the moves that she oversaw were <laughs> you know, very interesting and thought-provoking. I'm not saying they're bad. and I mean, time will tell. But the, the last thing about this that... I think Aaron is spot on about her success or failure will be monumental for the future of, of women in the sport. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I hope that if the Marlins current experiment fails, that that is not a reputation of the idea of like women running a baseball team. Mm-hmm. I have more faith. Maybe that's misplaced, right? In the industry, being able to look past one specific example. 
And if you look, I, I know she's gotten a lot of pub, but if you look below Kim Ang, we have seen a lot of women taking other really vital roles within the industry beyond GM. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Sarah Goodrum in Houston is the farm director, the first oh, woman yeah. to become a farm director of a big league club. And mm-hmm. so I, I do think while Kim Ang's, like the visibility of Kim Ang is really important for sure. But I think it's just important to remember that there are, you know, more and more and more women coming into the sport behind the scenes year by year that I think almost has more of an impact in how women are perceived by the like old boys club within the industry who holds the power. Mm-hmm. I agree. For better, and, which like for worse. Really. And and the last thing is like, we didn't mention this, but one of the coolest moments of the deadline was people found a tweet from Jake Berger a few years ago talking about how, how like basically quote tweeting around Kim Hang's hire being like, this is a huge deal because like my sister has this is all she wants to do is is be and now you know her sister's right. his sister's gone on to you know she's having her career but like that's that's <laughs> to see a major league player recognize the importance of that too now, of course a lot of this is obvious to us but that is cool too and then you know of course to have yeah. him end up on the Marlins is sweet and like the utopia situation is that all baseball executives can be judged by their work right. by what they right. do and we're not at a point. Which, which, exactly, which I'm sure Kim Ang will tell you also. It's not like she wants to be be treated like a GM because she's one of the GMs. Exactly. 100%. Um, Anyway, it is is interesting. And, but obviously I, I, I'm, you know, I've been rooting for the Marlins for a long time anyway. So it's, it's cool. I hope a lot of these moves work out. Yeah. Great question. I hope we did it justice. Like it is, she is such an interesting character Mm -hmm. in the baseball world we have today. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to a question from Rob. Rob says, good morning. Good morning, Rob. I don't Hello, know. Rob. Morning when you sent this. First time caller, long time listener. Have you guys ever reached out to Yoannis Cespedes and or his people to do an interview about his career? I don't think this has come up on the pod before, but I was curious. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen to the pod, Rob. Jordan. Yoannis. Have we done this? Have we done no. this before? No. Uh, so, I mean, we've told the story. We, we, did, we did meet him one time. That was back in 2015. I still think about the way he said... Arizona. <laughs> I've never uh, heard anybody say a state so suavely we, uh, and coolly. We did meet him through some connections back 2015. Tigers, we was in Anaheim, whatever. That was great. Uh, since then, no, we have not. Obviously, his career has taken on a lot of very interesting uh, sequences. And we know that he has been both in kind of showing up in the, in the spotlight here. Oh, we're going to show up at Mets old timers day. Oh, never mind. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm here. I'm doing this. Like, Oh, I'm playing in the WBC. Oh, no, I'm, I'm playing the WBC. Oh, just kidding. Now I'm going to leave the team. Like the, even since he's played his last MLB game, it has continued to be a bit of a, a, an eclectic follow, uh, which of course entertains us to the fullest. We just hope he is happy and healthy and enjoying his life. And at some point, I would love to have that opportunity. And I would say that there is a good chance that we will pursue such a thing at some point. But there is nothing officially in the works, if you are wondering. Yeah, I have, uh, I have it written down on a piece of paper somewhere. Just two words, find Ioannis. Um, yeah. It's not we know like where we he is. Don't... We do know where he is. That's actually yeah, true. We have a very good idea where he is. To be, to be clear, it's not like we don't want to. It's just a matter of, of when and how it actually makes sense to try and pursue it. Your two favorite podcast hosts are each planning weddings, though in very, very different stages. When life dies down, maybe we'll head out to the ranch and track down Ioannis. I think that's it, Jordan. 
Yes, uh, you can keep the emails coming. Uh, we got several more good ones while we were recording this. Baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. Maybe we'll do this again next week in some form. We will figure that out. Uh, but uh, we hope you guys uh, all enjoyed this edition of the Baseball Barbercast uh, mailbag. Jordan. What's up? Very quickly. We are a handful of days away from your nuptials, mm-hmm. from matrimony, from eternal love, from the celebration of two people fusing their lives together as if you <laughs> haven't done that already. How are we feeling? How are the vibes? We're good, man. Things are good. Uh, we are both heading to the location, the geographical city, which is taking place. It's Columbus, Ohio. That's where that's happening. We'll be there uh, in the same place on Friday where we will record some version of a podcast on Friday morning together and really do the, the whole wedding preview and talk about some other stuff. What's the dress code for the Friday morning podcast recording? <laughs> Friday I know. I know uh, that for the actual yeah. wedding itself, you had me get a specific suit, and I know for Shabbat dinner, like yeah, yeah, yeah. nice jeans is fine, but for sure. the Friday morning podcast Friday morning recording, pod, what do I need? Yeah, black tie barbercast. So get ready. Um, uh, but yes, so obviously excited about that. We can talk more about that on Friday. But we hope you enjoyed this episode of Baseball Barbercast. Hope you enjoyed the mailbag Monday morning. Since my wedding is Sunday night, you will not be hearing a live recording on Monday morning. That is for sure. But we will. You have do something. not want to be hearing a live recording. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but you will hear something on the feed. A uh, combination of some pre-recorded stuff, probably some more mailbags, some more interviews from the Futures game. So hopefully you will enjoy that on Monday. But we'll be back on Friday. Thank you, Chris Tyler, as always, for producing. Thank you to everyone who sent wonderful emails, baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. And, uh, and, and, and you know what? I'll just say it. You know, thank you, John Angelos, for giving us one of the funniest things to ever talk about on a baseball podcast. Um, I don't want you to do it again, but it was pretty hilarious. So we look forward to Kevin Brown returning, hopefully, to the booth soon. But I certainly enjoyed our conversation <laughs> while we were here. No one wants paid Kevin Brown. Everyone wants free Kevin Brown. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. That's John Angel's like, yeah, I'd actually rather not pay this guy. Free Kevin Brown indeed. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk to you on Friday. Serious XM Podcasts.